Okay, welcome back to the Perspectives in Rural Education podcast. This is episode six, and we have Chris Young on the podcast with us today. He is the STEAM teacher at Mattoon Middle School. So welcome to the podcast. Introduce yourself, just give us a brief background, um, like kind of where you grew up and how you entered into the field of education. Okay, so um, let's see here. Well, uh, so my name is Chris Young. I'm a STEAM teacher here at Mattoon Middle School in Mattoon, Illinois, and uh, I am from Salem, Illinois, so about an hour south of here. Um, I came from a typical family of four. I'm the older brother. Um, I met my wife while in high school, went to Kaskaskia Community College, where I earned my associate's degree while working for AmeriCorps. Um, I was an adult education tutor, and I worked for family success programs um, under that program um, while I was there. So I was kind of teaching before I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, then my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and I um, moved up here to Eastern to go to school where she got her bachelor's in education and I did as well. Um, and we got our degrees and I earned my master's also at EIU in educational leadership back in 2013. So now we reside in Mattoon where she's a uh, stay at home licensed daycare provider. And, uh, I'm the STEAM teacher here at the middle school. Awesome. Awesome. And so, How did you get this position as a STEAM teacher? Was it your first position as a teacher or how did that come about? Yeah, so um, it's not my first position as a teacher. So I started out teaching, uh, I spent two years in Decatur at at Thomas Jefferson Middle School, um, where I taught with some of the best educators a new teacher could ever need. They taught me discipline and taught me how to, you know, work with all different um, diverse backgrounds and um, whether it be um, race, uh, whether it be the um, socioeconomic background, um, the academic uh, diversity, like they were amazing. So I worked there for two years and then um, my wife and I were trying to get a little closer to uh, home and I uh, went ahead and got a job. Um, I earned a job there in Arcola. So I, for nine years, I was the uh, junior high math teacher in Arcola, where I got to meet who the people that became my family for a decade, and uh, they were also amazing. Um, they, you know, my children were born and raised while I was working with them, and um, they every anything I didn't learn when I was in Decatur, I learned in Arcola. Um, so uh, once, I, and then I decided I wanted to. Um, take a risk. I, I've always, I've always had a goal of jumping into the administrative world. And while on an interview for a principal's position, um, <laughs> the people that were interviewing me down in Sandoval, Illinois, asked me to be one of their instructional coaches under um, a grant. And I was like, oh, okay. I had never considered being an instructional coach. Um, and so I decided, you know, from a financial standpoint, from a learning standpoint, um, it just seemed like the, the the perfect fit for what I needed to grow as an educator. And so I went ahead and took that job and I was there for a year under a grant. And then after a year of driving an hour and 15 minutes to work and an hour and 15 minutes home every day, um, my wife and I had a conversation about it and decided that um, if we could get a little closer to home, that might be ideal. Um, and a, a really good friend of ours, um, she was working here at the middle school and says, Hey, we have a lot of fantastic things going on at Mattoon. And I think there's a really good opportunity for you to become the STEAM teacher. And I was like, STEAM teacher, okay. Um, I, I had created a STEAM curriculum for Sandoval for the junior high department there. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I could 
go in for the interview and see what happens. Well, of course, I walked right in here and sat down with uh, Kristen Kleist, the assistant principal, and Nathan Pugh, our principal here at the middle school. And I knew, I, I think after about 10 minutes, we knew that I was a good fit for them. They were a fantastic fit for me. And it's it's truly been the best experience that I've ever had uh, working here as the STEAM teacher at Mattoon Middle School. The, the teachers here are are amazing. The administration here is well, like no other that I've ever worked under. And uh, this is, this, this is like, this is, this is my place. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So I'm sure there are people that are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, what is steam? So can you give us a quick rundown? What is that? And did, had you heard of it before getting the job? So yes, I had to create the STEAM curriculum in Stand Oval. And whenever I was there, I, I reached out to um, a fellow colleague of mine, shout out to Lori Anderson and Arcola, um, one of the best science teachers, one of the best educators I've ever met in my life, um, and is also a good friend of mine. And I said, hey, I know you're already doing this stuff in your classroom. I need your help. And she's like, okay. So we, had, we met a few different times and we we worked together on um, building some curriculum for Sandoval because you'll learn in education very quickly that we steal from each other. We borrow, we beg. Sometimes we do whatever we can to be successful, um, to, to uh, do what's best for the kids. And that's what we did. We worked on a curriculum. Um, STEAM is science, technology, engineering, art, and math. So basically we take those five different areas and we kind of mesh them together to um, create an environment for the kids to learn, to create curriculum that really makes the kids have to think outside the box. I also incorporate the four C's of 21st century learning, which are creativity, critical thinking, communication, and collaboration, which also lends itself to the four shifts protocol that you'll find when you're looking in um, standards-based grading, um, competency-based education, things of that nature. Awesome. Awesome. And so I'm curious, like as a student growing up, when you, if you look back, are you like, oh, I would have loved this as a student or um, I don't know, just like in hindsight, because I feel like STEAM and STEM programs are more common now, but like I never had anything like that growing up. Yeah, me either. Um, it was, <laughs> I, I, I guess, um, you know, I, I'm a lifelong learner and, and these kind of programs are just amazing. The, our, our world is transitioning with technology and the jobs that we are preparing our kids for right now at a young age already, they're not even there yet. Like we don't even know what jobs are going to be there in 10 years that we are currently educating our kids around. Okay. Um, so to, to say, do I wish I had something like that when I was younger? Absolutely. Um, these kind of programs are the kind of programs where it's really funny, actually, because anytime I talk about STEAM, the parents are always like, oh, my gosh, I wish I had this when I was younger. This is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I completely right. agree. So mm -hmm. um, what's a typical day look like in your classroom or what are some projects that you've done that have been really cool? OK, so um, a typical day for me, um, first of all, I'm kind of a music junkie. I don't. I don't like any one type of music. So if you ever come into my room, you're going to hear music playing. We've got, I mean, today we're listening to like late eighties, early nineties music, like, 
I don't, I can't, like Gloria Stefan came on earlier. Kids <laughs> are laughing and they're, and they're kind of dancing while they're working. Like my, my environment is a very, and I taught math for years. That's what I did before I was an instructional coach. And then before I became a steam teacher, I was a math teacher. Um, but my costume was always kind of that way. Like always group work, always um, music playing in the background, always like high energy. Um, my goal isn't just for my students to walk into my classroom and, um, learn curriculum. My goal is to build connections, to to build rapport relationships. I want them to be able to leave my class and say, you know, just like I did when I was a math teacher, I may not like the content, but I loved the environment because that's what we remember, right? Like I remember, I don't remember what I learned in school. I know I learned, but I don't remember what I learned. What I remember is the impact my teachers had on me. And so that's always been one of my main goals as an educator, because if I build a relationship with a student, they're going to learn the material because they want to be in my room. They want to engage with me. So they know that that's one connection we can have together. So, um, but yeah, when you walk in my classroom, you're going to hear music playing. Um, the greatest thing that I've discovered is that when you set the high standards for the kids, the kids meet the standards almost 95, 100% of the time. So like students walk in my room and they get right to work. Like I don't have to walk in and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you working? When you walk into my room, I will turn around. And I said this to someone the other day. I literally turn around and the kids are already working. Like I don't have to say anything. They just go right to work. They know their expectations. Um, and they just get right into it. I do spend the first week or so really hitting on the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, my expectations are built off of those. My classroom rules, as we call them. Um, I don't have rules. I have expectations. And the kids know after my first week, like I, I, I ding them on every single thing that they don't do. So they know, like, those are the expectations. You're not meeting my expectations. And they're like, okay, he's serious about this. Yeah. Um, but after a week or so, the kids just come in, they get right to work. You'll see me walking around the room. I, I don't, I do direct instruction for the first few days to get the kids familiar with what's going on in the unit of study we're doing. But after that, they, they just come in and get to work and they, start working at whatever stage of the engineering design process that they are in, um, which is the basis for my STEAM program. I utilize the engineering design process and the four C's to, to make that happen. So that's what you're going to see. You're going to see kids engage the entire hour. You're going to see them joking. You're going to think when you walk in here, oh, they're just talking. No, they're not just talking. Like they're engaging. They're talking about their curriculum. And yes, there are times when the kids will be cracking a joke with each other, or they might walk over. Like this morning, I walked over because there were two kids from one group all the way across the room in another group. And I was like, what are they doing? And I walked over. I was like, hey, you guys need to get back on task. Well, the robot's not working right now. They're building Lego EV3 Mindstorms uh, robots right now. And their, their gorilla wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Well, this other group had just finished that. So they were over there helping them. Well, if that doesn't create student leadership, I don't know what does. And that's a big mm-hmm. thing for us is creating student leaders in our in our building and in, in our district. So um, that's kind of what you see. As far as uh, what do I teach in here? Okay, so my eighth grade students are currently building Lego robots. They are building um, gorillas, puppies. Um, think of like the robots that are in the Amazon warehouses that like are coded to go to like a specific aisle, grab a box and then take it to the, to the FedEx truck or whatever, however that works. They're building those in my class. Those are called robot trainers. They do that first for about a few weeks. Uh, Once that's done, then they're building their option. They get to choose five different robots and it's all self-paced. They're all, their groups are self-paced. They're working at their own level at their own speed. Um, And then they're filling out worksheets around the, um, 
robots as they do them. Um, the second quarter that I have my eighth graders, they build t-shirt launchers. Like I, they build little mini versions utilizing the engineering design process um, out of popsicle sticks and rubber bands and things like that. Then they test them and stuff like that in the hallways. But then we get up in Milwaukee with the ion battery, you know, tools and they start building an actual using one by fours and two by fours are actually building and constructing these giant t-shirt launchers that they then have to take t-shirts outside of the gym and they have to them and launch them. So that's what they do at eighth grade. In seventh grade, my students are building eco-friendly smart houses. If you ever look up Dan Phillips, um, he builds homes out of what you can find in a junkyard, out of recycled materials, things of that nature. Um, my kids watch a video on him and then that gets them going in the unit and they spend the entire quarter building an eco-friendly smart home out of recycled materials in my classroom, like sour cream containers and toilet paper rolls and cardboard and things of that nature. Um, once that's finished, then they have to code a, code microbit technology. So if you've ever looked at a microbit, uh, we have the version two ones that have the um, speakers in them. They actually have to code um, the microbits to act as a Google Nest. They plug one into their computer. They plug the other. They put the other one in the um, with the battery pack. They put it in their house and they record the data of the temperature in degrees Celsius. And it shoots over to their Chromebook and records the data of the temperature. Um, once they're done with that, I give them a couple of weeks to play with the micro bits and I just let them explore. Like go out and look for what you can do. One kid made a hamster out of the micro bit when you pet when you pet the sensor, a smiley face popped up. But when he shook the when he shook the hamster, a frowny face popped up and it explodes showing that it's dying because you're shaking it. So, you know, <laughs> they do fun things like that. One girl created a pedometer. I think that's what they're called, where when you, when you, when you move with the micro bit, it counts your steps. Wow. Um, and in sixth grade, and, my, and I'll be honest, I have been learning a lot this year with technology. Claire Vogel, shout out to Claire Vogel. She is our technology coach here in, the, in, the, in this building, our instructional coach for technology. And she has literally spent about one to two days every single week with me for the first half of the year, just helping me learn and organize and create these lessons um, for, with the technology that we have, with the Lego Mindstorm kits, with um, the um, MicroBit V2s. And in addition to that, you have sixth grade. And in the sixth grade, they build Roman aqueducts. Um, we do like a cross-curricular unit. They learn about um, the Roman Empire at some point in sixth grade. And when they come to me, we spend the first half of the um, time I have with them building Roman aqueducts. So we do a little history lesson on it. And right now they're in the middle of, of designing them. And then they're going to build what they design on paper, kind of like a blueprint. And then once they get done with that, then they do Spheros, um, Sphero robots, where they have to build a chassis that can carry supplies through a hurricane catastrophe. And then they're also, um, we're in the process, my advisory kids are, um, I have a student lead team for advisory. They are in the middle of building golf, a golf course that the sixth graders have to take their Spheros and code through. And then I'm also working on a Pictionary thing where the kids have Spheros and they have to draw pictures with the Spheros. They have to code to draw a picture. And the kids, wow. Yeah. So, and, and that's all still stuff I'm learning to do. So like I'm making mistakes. The kids are like, Miss Jenna, I can't get my Lego Mindstorm robot to do what it's supposed to do. And I said, then call customer service. So they get out their cell phone and they call customer service and they figure out what's going on. Oh, well, your, your, um, your Lego Mindstorm block is not updated. And I said, okay, go talk to Mr. Shadwick, our, our, one of our technology guys, and have him update your block for you. And he goes in there and he plugs it in with his 
his uh, laptop and he updates it for them. Well, they just found the fix. Well, Michelle, don't you know? No, I don't know everything, and that's real life. So what I want you to do is I want you to try to figure out how to find the answers whenever the teacher can't help you, and that's what they do. So it's a, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's kind of what I do every day. <laughs> that's awesome. I love hearing about it because I think it's so functional. Like, these are skills that these kids are going to need in real life, like problem solving and, you know, figuring out what to do when something goes wrong. And I think it's it's really cool the way that you teach it. And kind of putting it back on them, like, well, I, I can't help. What are you going to do? Like, how are you going to figure it out? I think that's awesome. I would love to hear you talk about the planning process for these projects. I remember you mentioning in your presentation at EIU that they have like money that they use. Can you talk a little bit about that? And because um, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So um, the students, sorry, hold on. So the students get money boxes. Um, you, you're, you'll, you'll be amazed at the teachers that help out. I've got a couple of teachers that sell, um, they sell like jewelry. And so I had all of these, they had all these boxes. And they're like, can you use this for anything? I'm like, yes, that can act as like the wallet for the groups. So what I do is I give the students um, steam bucks. So you can see, yeah, there you go. That's, That's awesome. So the kids That is get so funny. Bucks. Yeah. So the kids get steam bucks. And what they have to do is they have to actually purchase their, their materials that they need to build, whatever the project is in, in the different levels. So um, basically in my class, I sit down um, and I figure out, what can I do to make it hands-on? That's the first thing I was figuring out. Like, what makes it hands-on? I don't want everything to be all technology. I don't want everything to be all Chromebooks. That's amazing stuff. It's wonderful. It's necessary in our life, line of work. It's necessary for the kids to understand how to use it. And it's necessary for certain things we teach. Um, but in my class, I want them to use these tools. I want them using their brain and their hands um, first. Now, we use the technology for coding. We use the technology for research and brainstorming. We use it for all of those things. Um, but other than that, they build with their hands. And so that's that's kind of what I start with when I'm trying to plan out how to make this work. Um, a lot of collaboration goes into it. Tiffany Williams, she's a phenomenal social studies teacher here in our district. And uh, she teaches right down the hall from me. That first year, the Aqueduct unit, she came to me with that idea. And that's what made it work. I didn't come up with that idea. She did. And we co-taught for that first year while she was a sixth grade social studies teacher, um, which was really great for me because it kind of helped me learn the history before I went off on my own and did it. And we've yeah. never done it since then. And um, so like she brought that idea to me. Um, the t-shirt launching stuff, I went and found a website and kind of researched like, on my own, like I had the kids do and found some of that stuff. Um, but as far as planning, I just make sure it's hands-on. I follow, I literally follow the engineering design process, which anybody can look that up that wants to see it. And I use that as like my, um, as, as my course, as my foundation to make sure I'm, I'm meeting all of the needs of the students. And I'm also this year trying to incorporate more ELA and math standards to try to make it a little more um, versatile and helping bridge those gaps as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I can see behind you. And so if people are watching the video version of this, they're going to see the organization that's behind you, which is incredible. But I know that you're passionate about STEAM, but also just like classroom management and how to set up your classroom. I would love for you to explain that a little bit. Like, how do you set up your classroom? What are you keeping in mind as you're doing that? Um, so... In the middle of organized chaos, which is what this is, um, it's really important to have um, procedures and policies in place. It's really important to make sure that um, there's a place for everything and everything in its place. And I am very um, 
I don't know, I've always been told I'm very good at organizing things. Um, and so like when you walk in my room, the kids know that they have to move the number over from absent to present. So I know that like they're all assigned a number and they move over and I just have to sit down and look, okay, number four is gone. Johnny's number four. Number four is at the absent spot. I mark number four. He's, he's absent for the day. Like that's what they do when they walk in. They, and I go through like my, my routine when you come in, actually I have a classroom procedures thing over here that says upon entering, move your number, find your assigned seat, beginning, begin working on whatever engineering design process phase you're in. And that's literally what they do. Um, and after about a week of it, it's just second nature to them. And then when it's time to leave, when there's five minutes left at the end of the period, I say leave no trace, meaning that um, I want the kids to literally leave no trace that they were in my room. And the kids grab the brooms and the dustpans and they start sweeping. The kids clean off the tables. They they clean up. They they sweep the floors. They help. And I have zones set up in my room. I have a bit. I took uh, my my. Um, seating chart floor plan and I had um, Mrs. Minger in the library blow it up for me um, and now it's a chart in my room and I have it broken down into zones like this is zone A. Everyone in zone A is responsible for zone A. Everyone in zone B is responsible for zone B etc. So that at the end of each period after all the you know after the 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 catastrophic mess has been created the kids clean their area back up and it looks just like it did when I walked in this morning at 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I run my classroom. If anyone has any more uh, questions or anything about classroom management, I'd be happy to sit down and talk with you. But the biggest thing I can give, the biggest piece of advice I can give on that kind of stuff is just figure out what it is that works for you and spend the first, you know, five, 10 days on it, just hammering that with the kids, like constantly remind them, these are the expectations. This is how it's going to be. Anything else is unacceptable. And that's okay to say that. It's okay to say that as long as you're professional and in your tone and, you know, like, and I'm, I'm, a, and I'm big on building relationships and rapport. So I, I'm cracking jokes. I'm sarcastic, which some people will say that's not okay or whatever, but at this level, the kids, they're the same way with me. Like, that's how I'm in my classroom. And I think if you ask anybody that comes in my classroom, you're going to see that the kids, the kids get it. Like, it's fun. It's engaging. Um, and it's, it's, it's a fun, it's fun content to teach too. But when I taught math, it was the same way. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, what have you seen in your students, the combination between the structure and expectations you have in your classroom, but then also the content that you're teaching, like, what do you see in your students? And, um, I don't know if there's maybe one student story you have that was just really impactful or something like that. So I don't know if I really have any one story. One of the things I love, so, you know, when you go into a core classroom, a majority of the kids know how to act in a core classroom, right? Like a majority of the kids, like there's expectations that are always the same, but even when I taught math, like it was the same thing, like the math is math, science is science, social studies is social studies, ELA is ELA. Um, and it's all about how you teach the kids that makes the difference, right? It's the impact you make. Um, with, with these students, one of the things I have learned having been in both worlds, you know, an essentials teacher or an elective teacher, whatever you call that in your district, and a core teacher. Kids, there are certain kids that struggle in a core classroom. They just do. Um, it's the content. It's, it's the makeup of the classroom. It's the way things run. It is what it is. I had the kids in my class as a math teacher that the same issues were always coming up. In an essentials classroom, there's an opportunity for a different type of learning. And as if you haven't noticed that yet in the STEAM classroom, we're very non-traditional in here, very much so. 
And that's what I love about it. And those students that typically have trouble staying on task, working diligently, making the right decisions in the classroom, when they come in here, those aren't issues. I don't have very many discipline issues in this classroom because I don't have time for discipline to be an issue. There, here, I do have one story. So a student was having, a student had a meeting with a parent and the staff of the building that needed to be there. And a teacher later came up and told me this story and they're like, you know, commending me on, and I was like, well, it's not me. It's the kids, you know, it's the makeup of the class. It's the content. But it was really funny because this, the student was getting into altercations with other students because we're a school full of all different kinds of kids and that's going to happen, right? It's inevitable. And one of the things that they said, they said, well, you never have issues in Mr. Young's STEAM class. Why is that? Why don't you have issues in Mr. Young's STEAM class? And the kid legit goes, because we're so busy and now I don't have time to get in trouble. Like we're, we're always doing stuff, right? And I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> Goals, right? Goals, you know, as a teacher, why doesn't this kid get in trouble in his class? Well, because he's so busy working, he doesn't have time. If she's so busy working, she doesn't have time to get in trouble. And that is a goal of mine is like, you shouldn't have trouble meeting the expectations on my wall that I talk about all the time because you're so busy doing the work in here, there is no time to get in trouble. Now, I'm not saying that there are issues where I'm like, you know, get back on task, John, you know, make Susie, make sure you're doing this. You know, like, I, I, yes. I'm not saying that doesn't happen because, listen, we're all humans. Um, right. But in general, we don't have issues in here because there's a lot of engagement going on. And that should be the goal of any educator in, in any classroom, making sure the kids are engaged. If you want them to learn the material, make sure you are finding a way to bridge the gap so they're engaged. Yep. That's so good. Oh my gosh. I feel like that you're painting such a, a great picture of your classroom. Like I have never sat in your classroom, but the way you describe it, it just sounds so fun and so engaging. And it makes sense that students really thrive in that environment. Um, so as we wrap up here, I have two things. First, I would like to just hear your best piece of advice for other educators. <laughs> yeah, so you asked me that, and the whole time I was I was kind of cursing you under my breath. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that's such a hard question. Like, what is the best? I have like this laundry list of things that I think is good advice. Um, but you know, so every teacher is different, just like every human is different. So the advice I can give is great, but it may not fit every teacher. Um, so my, one of my biggest pieces of advice is, especially for new teachers, find those teachers that you get along with, find those teachers that you really feel like you're in sync with and learn and grow and learn and grow with them. Like find those teachers and just soak up all the knowledge you can, because they are the people in the trenches. I loved Eastern Illinois University. I, I learned necessary things there, but I don't think there's any college out there that is truly able to teach what you really need to learn as an educator. The best advice I could give any college is get the kids in the classrooms as much as possible. Get those students in the classroom as much as possible and do it right at the very beginning of the education program because they need to know if they're going to be able to, to tolerate it or not. They're going to need to know if they can handle that environment. That said, um, this is what I wrote. Get to know the students you teach. Mm -hmm. make relationships and build rapport each day. If you want a well-managed and functional classroom, you must earn and give respect. Mm -hmm. Seek to understand your student population. 
By doing these things, you will find that the classroom will run much more smoothly on a daily basis. Establish your routines, procedures, and expectations within the first week. And stick to your guns on making sure they are implemented with integrity. Utilize the four C's of 21st century learning. Build your lessons around collaboration, communication, critical thinking, and creativity. These allow students to show their diversified strengths. And the last thing I want to say in regards to advice, and this is really important for our young, newly new teachers, stay off of social media. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to get on my dad's soapbox as a, I mean, I'm 37, so I'm not like some old man, but I've also been around the block long enough because I, because listen, kids, I was, I, my age, our, 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 our level of age here, we were the ones that started with all of the, we started with MySpace. Like, we, yeah. Social media, we, we started working with social media. We are professionals. So let's make sure that we are doing everything we can to be examples to our kids, because as soon as your integrity is at stake as a teacher, that's when it becomes hard to be in front of the kids every day, right? Because now your integrity is at stake. So just as, as, as a new educator, you know, you may think, well, I'm in a district of 500 employees. Yeah, but you are now a figurehead in that community. Yeah. You are people are entrusting you with their kids. And I didn't really understand that impact until I became a parent. Mm-hmm. But they're trusting you. So mm-hmm. treat them like you would treat your child. Treat yeah. them with love and dignity and respect. Give them, you know, integrity. You know, Yes, sometimes we have to raise our voices, but it's also okay to come up to them privately and speak softly to them and let them know it's going to be okay and we'll get through this together. Yeah, that's so maybe, really good advice. Take all that advice and... <laughs> that's good. There were so many pieces of advice within that. That was great. Um, okay, last question. And this one wasn't on the list I gave you, but okay. what's your vision for your students and for your classroom moving forward? My vision? Yeah. Um, I'm starting to see it already this year because I was able to incorporate so much new technology, which shout out to Mactoon School District um, for being able to find the funds to make that happen. Um, we, um, my, my vision is that the kids will walk in every day excited, um, ready to be engaged, to learn. They come in, they, they get right to work. And the kids basically run the classroom, which they kind of do now. Like they run the classroom. I have to do little to make sure it's functioning because I have trained and taught them so well the expectations that they just come in and get right to work. Um, that my vision is that when a, a parent comes into my classroom or an administrator or another fellow colleague comes into my classroom, I want them to go, oh my gosh, like these kids are just, they're doing the work and it, it's not even, it's not a struggle um, how do you make that work? And then I can look at them and I can say, go ask the kids, go ask the, go ask them why it works. They're the ones with the interest because they're the ones with the good behavior that are making all the right choices. Go ask them why it works. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Um, I, the theme I would give this conversation has definitely been collaboration. I can hear the collaboration you have with your students in your classroom, but also the collaboration you have with the other professionals within the building, even down to like 
the way you run your classroom and the way that you make sure the kids clean up after themselves, that which takes a load off of your custodians coming into the room. And I just think that is incredible. And I think that, um, that wasn't a piece of your advice, but I think it's, it should be because I can see the way that you apply it to your own life and your own classroom. So on my whiteboard, which you cannot see, it says, leave no trace. And under it, it literally says it has, um, I can't ever say the word right. Asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> Next, it says our custodial staff are our friends. We are extra clean in here so they can focus their attention elsewhere. So yes. at the completion of class, and then I have the list of all the things they need to do. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I could not do my job without all of the colleagues that I work with each day. Um, shout out to MMS. Like this truly, these the educators here, um, there aren't words in the English dictionary to describe how wonderful they really are. Um, I, I love it here. I truly do. I really mean that. Um, from our administration all the way down to the people that are constantly doing all of the right things every day to make sure that we are successful here. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I know you have to run off to lunch duty now, but thanks for being willing to be a part of this. And I'm really excited for people to hear this. I think that you're awesome and steam is awesome. And so it's going to be really awesome to get this out there. to people.